0: not suck the complete life out of you as a Pirates fan, as a baseball fan, to see what the Dodgers are doing right now and what this system allows them to do. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayon Kovaciewicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. If you missed this late last night, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the pitcher, the great pitcher in Japan, signed with, who else? The Dodgers. A 12-year, $325 million contract, the richest contract ever awarded to a pitcher, meaning just a pitcher. Of course, Shohei Otani got more than double that from the Dodgers, oh, you know, just a week ago. 12 years, $325 million. More than Garrett Cole, more than anybody. His next pitch in the majors will be his first. So between Yamamoto and Otani, the Dodgers have now spent one point one billion dollars that's with a b over the past week on two players and somewhere in there they also got tyler glass now for 135 million but glass now he he didn't even qualify as a footnote in this scene and even even the sycophantic national baseball media has gone silent the idiocy that had been getting spread by some of these guys in the immediate aftermath of Otaniha this is good for baseball remember that one from Ken Rosenthal and and at least teams that are based in small markets they get to enjoy upsetting teams like the Dodgers it's one of the big thrills of their season so this makes it an even bigger thrill i'm not making this up i'm not, you I, I could send you links galore to this crap Because they are so in bed with the agents, these national baseball media guys, because it's all they do. They just get information from agents. They don't even go to games. They don't cover teams. They just communicate with agents. They sit in one spot in either New York or L.A., and they communicate with agents. So the last thing they can ever afford to do, because it would cut off their own hands is to tick off the agents. But even that, with this one, with this Yamamoto signing, has just fallen off a cliff. Now, where I felt like I was the only person in North America utilizing the term salary cap attached to baseball, and when I would do it, Ah, crazy guy from Pittsburgh, or he's defending Bob Nutting in his cheapness. When it was and is my intent and hope to see a salary cap installed in large part because a salary cap system, say it with me, involves a ceiling and a floor and expanded revenue sharing so that all teams All 30 of them can spend into, no, 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 not can spend, are mandated to spend into the same tight range. In the NFL, it's a little more than $20 million. That's the gap from top to bottom. In the NHL, the gap is a little more than $20 million from top to bottom. No reason to think it would or should be any different in baseball. So you wouldn't even know who the Pirates owner was if the Pirates were playing in a cap league. Because if the Pirates were spending $20 million less than the Dodgers or any other team, you wouldn't even notice it. Do you know who in the Steelers division in the AFC North is spending to the very top of the cap and who's spending, you know, $20 million less? No. No, nobody does. Nobody tracks that stuff because the range is so tight. And look, I'm not going to point to... Yamamoto's signing as some sort of bellwether as if it's going to be the thing that pushes this set of teams or that set of teams uh, to the brink of saying, that's it, we need to shut this down, it's out of control. But it's another brick in the wall. It's another scenario in which the Yankees tried like crazy to get Yamamoto, by all accounts, they offered the same amount of money, only to realize that they completely got played, because all Yamamoto would have wanted is to play with Otani, who he knew, and everyone else who was reported to have been in the mix, Yankees, Phillies, I think the Giants were in, I wasn't following in that closely, they all just got played, because one team has infinitely more money than the rest because of the extraordinary, extraordinary television deal that the Dodgers signed a handful of years ago. This was always going to happen. I warned about it years ago. And when you saw the Dodgers just kind of creeping up, it kind of looked like, well, maybe this isn't going to have that big of an impact. Uh Uh-uh. They were waiting for the right situation, the right year, and here it is. Here it is. But you don't want to hear this. You've heard all this, certainly from me before, if you've ever listened to this program previously. What you want to hear is how or can this actually happen? My belief, having covered one of these labor disputes, the NHL, 20 years ago, a union that was every bit as tough, if not tougher, than the baseball union, run by... For lack of a more graceful term, Canadian mobsters, the chief of which would end up in literal prison. Those guys were ready to start leaving horses' heads in people's beds to make sure that the NHL never had a salary cap. It can happen. It can happen. It does not involve the union going along with anything. The owners of any company set the work rules. The workers don't have to work there. But the owners of the company set the work rules you can file all kinds of unfair this and that practices you can accuse the owners of all kinds of terrible things but at the end of the day the owners set the work rules if the players don't want to abide by them they're free to go start their own league or find another thing to do in life what you need is for the owners to stick together They might not be the most savory people on the planet, okay? The guy in Pittsburgh is most definitely not the most popular man in town. But there's a greater good that comes of this as fans in the NFL and the NHL have learned. There's a fair start to the competition. There's fairness between the markets. There's fairness in all of the various rules. And look, if after that... Your team sucks because they can't develop hitting or pitching. You should be in last place. But at least it was fair. At least it began with a fair foundation. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. Today's J1Q comes from Oren, who says DK, to get a real number two starter, the Pirates would have to give up Henry Davis, plus one of their top young prospect pitchers like Bubba Chandler or Jared Jones. Would I do this? Yes. But will they? This administration has not shown the willingness to make this type of move. Isn't this what they said they would do, though? When amassing all of these draft picks and prospects, talk is cheap and action takes guts or, and I'm not going to disagree with anything that you have here uh, other than the nature of your trade. I don't know that you need to give up a number one overall pick and your top pitching prospect, but, but the general price for pitchers who have years of control, and that's what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure when you say a real number two starter You don't just mean uh, rental, you know, a one-year guy who's 29 years old or someone who's maybe even a little bit older. That's the kind of move that you do leave to the teams that have the gazillions of dollars. What is of value is someone like a Corbin Burns in Milwaukee. And that's why I've brought up Burns on occasion. It's also why I've brought up Joe Musgrove on occasion. Now, Musgrove has a complete no trade clause, and it's a little bit of a different story. He's from San Diego. I'm sure he'd love to stay there. But that's the type of trade that you can execute. I like this. I like this scenario a lot. There are a couple of reasons for that. One of them is most unfortunate. The first reason is that you would not have to get this player and do a sign and trade, meaning you have to sign them immediately upon acquiring them, and it's got to be some kind of long-term deal because you're worried about not getting any value out of it. If you're getting somebody who's in their second or third year in the majors and you've still got all three of their arbitration years ahead of them, that's something you can live with because now you can see what becomes of that pitcher, you can learn to trust them a little bit more and then work out the long-term deal. The unfortunate part is, ugh, don't make me say it again. What's the point of holding on to your prospects if you know nothing is going to come of them because of your crappy development? What's the point of keeping Bubba Chandler or Jared Jones when they could just end up being the next Luis Ortiz or Juanzi Contreras because Oscar Marine only knows how to strip people of their velocity? What's the point of that? You might as well find another way to utilize that asset. Oh, man. And you thought I'd get through this entire episode without bringing that up, huh? No chance. Hey, listen, before we go today, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, this is uh, a beautiful holiday, the most beautiful holiday of all. I'm blessed to have my entire family back here, my two kids from college. Uh, everybody's in the same house. Uh, Falling all over each other, staying up all hours of the night, watching movies, playing crossword puzzles, which you do now on the TV, which is kind of fun because we do it as a group. Making popcorn uh, at this crazy late hour, maybe it's early for you, of this day. They're out there whipping up a new batch of popcorn, even as I'm speaking with you, so... I hope and wish the same for you and yours. And we will be back Tuesday with the next episode of Daily Shot of Pirates.